Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. Well, this is the third part of looking at and listening to and processing my brother-in-law, Paul Anderson's words that he shared about his own personal suffering. Well, in a moment, you're going to hear another little four-minute clip where at some point in my conversation with him, I said, well, Paul, I get the fact that there is this ongoing suffering, you know, that you've learned to have perspective about, and it's awesome, truly awesome and very, very helpful and inspiring. But I said, sometimes, you know, it's just the junk that happens in the day, right? When difficult things happen in a day and you experience a setback, a momentary suffering or difficulty, and sometimes it can derail a day where... (laughs) Periodically, you know, this is like routine, I think, for Robin and I, when we get together at the end of the day, she comes home from work and we just say, so how was your day? Or we'll ask even more specifically, you know, well, did you have a good day today? Sometimes that question betrays where we will look over it and we will assess it as to whether it is good or bad based on our circumstances, based on our experience. Yeah, that we tend to evaluate whether a day is good or bad based on circumstance, based on whether or not things went according to our plan, according to our expectations. In fact, Paul's going to make a comment about expectations. And I think for every one of us, it's got to be one of the most difficult things or biggest challenges, right? That expectations set us up in some ways to be disappointed because we think everything's going to go the way we want, the way we desire. And then when it doesn't, we need to remind ourselves, you realize there are so many things in the course of a day that can sabotage our expectations. Oh my gosh, between the enemy and people's choices and our own choices and physical, external, world, circumstance. I mean, there are so many things that can come and sabotage your expectations and that if we are living a day looking for expectations to be realized and fully realized and that we're not going to call it a good day unless all of our expectations went just the way we wanted, we are going to be seriously depressed and discouraged and disappointed most days of our lives. So we really need to get a handle on this. Well, anyway, so I asked him, I said, Paul, how do you deal with this? And so he kind of challenged when I said, you know, well, I think I asked him something like, how do you assess a good day or when we say have a good day or whatever? Anyway, he responded to that statement. So give a listen. For the believer, is there such a thing as a bad day? If we really believe, Romans 8, 28, that God works all things for the good of him who loves God. If we really believe that, God is going to work good out of it. He's taking all the pieces and he's going to work good out of it. There are some bad things that happen, but for the believer that has his eyes set on Christ, is there such a day as a bad day? I harp on using myself as an example, but I'm the expert on me. So, but take the day of my accident. Most people would have said, that was a bad day. I look back and I think, that may have been the day that saved my life. Because who knows what I would have been like. My goals were my goals. My hopes were my hopes. My thoughts were my thoughts. I think at the time I thought I was surrendered, but I wasn't. If God really does work things out for his good, then... Even the days that don't meet our expectations is still a day that he made and he doesn't waste anything. So whenever I kind of have like some type of either whether it be internal struggle or or even a 
struggle with somebody externally or something, there are three questions that I ask. First question is, Lord, what is the truth in what's going on? What is really going on? Help me take my eyes off the circumstances, off the details. Let me see the truth in what's going on. One example, there was one Saturday morning I got frustrated. This was years ago. I got frustrated with Robin. That's impossible. Yeah, no. <laughs> There, there was, and there was the way, one day in 14 years <laughs> yeah, that I got frustrated. And by the way, for those of you that are listening, this can get a little confusing because my wife is Robin and Paul's wife is Robin. So there's two Robins sitting here in this conversation. So in case you got confused. Good thing to clear up. <laughs> um, and so I left Saturday morning and I was going to go to a local restaurant and have some quiet time. And. I was frustrated because I couldn't spend as much time there as I wanted. I had to cut it short and come back. So I'm, I'm driving to the restaurant and I'm, I'm just, God, what's really going on here? What's the truth in what's going on? And he showed me that the truth was that I had an expectation. I had a plan of what that morning was going to be like. And Robin didn't make that plan work. So I had to cut this time short. And so it was my unmet expectation. I had these expectations. Circumstances weren't meeting it, and I was getting angry and frustrated because I couldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Then it was just a hit of, I was just being so incredibly selfish. I thought selfish over wanting to spend more quiet time with him, but it was, yeah, I was being selfish because I wasn't serving my wife and my daughter. and. So that, that's the first question. What is the truth of the situation? Question two is, Lord, what are you showing me about me that still needs to die? So like in the example that I used with Robin, setting my own examples, maybe it's pride, selfishness, whatever it is, but Lord, you still need to cut out of my life and needs to be laid down at the cross and die. So that's question number two. And question number three is, how does all of this, how does this, the circumstances, all the details, whatever, how does all of this work together to make me look more like you? So I don't necessarily get answers to those three questions. Mm -hmm. But what it does do every time is it gets my eyes off the details, off the circumstances, and on him. It's almost when I feel most at home when things happen. I know how to deal with that. Uh, My biggest struggles was in college when everything was just normal. And mentally, that was hard for me. I didn't know how to do normal. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's just really good. It's just really good. Once again, you see from Paul that Paul, not the apostle Paul, my (laughs) brother-in-law. Anyway, so we hear from Paul, though, that one of the keys for him, again, is that he goes to these three questions. It's in asking these questions, I think, that it helps him to see a day as being good. And I'll tell you, as I listened to it a number of times and thinking about it, it reminded me that Robin's mother used to say when they were small, she wouldn't say, have a good day. She would tell them to make a great day. But the more I've thought about it, I'm wondering if, here's the phrase I'm playing with right now, is that should we say to one another as we head out into the day, see the good today? see the good today. That, see, I think the main thing is that as we go into the day, it's not going in with expectations. And I'm going to say that I think there's a difference between expectation and a plan. There are things we know we have to do. 
we know we're going to drive to work or whatever the thing is we have to do. And so we're aware that there's a schedule. There's kind of a plan. And we're going to head out into the day to kind of work that plan. But I think we got to be careful about expectations. I'm just wondering if the idea is that as we go out into that day, into our everyday, is that we're trying to think about, Lord, how do I go live this with you as an adventure with you, that living moment to moment, engaging you? Where again, even in Paul's three questions, right, isn't it about perspective? It's about perspective when he says, what's the truth, Lord? What's really going on in this situation? Well, that's the whole thing. Lord, what are the opportunities here? What are you doing? Are you working growth in me? Is it for glory? Is it for the gospel? What is it, Lord? What's really true? What's going on here? Help me not to get caught up in a way that I'm just not seeing the bigger purpose of what you're doing. Of course, the other two questions really are mostly about his own growth, isn't it? It's like, what still needs to die in me? And then how, Lord, are you using this to make me more like you, to draw me closer to you, to create deeper intimacy with you? Such good questions, right? But it's keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's keeping focus. And it's always asking, Lord, what's the purpose? What is the good you are working on in me? And the good, again, would be, how is this achieving glory for you? How is this advancing the gospel? And how is this growing me to become more like you, to know you better? So yeah, see the good today. See the good today. And as you go out there, how do we continue to maintain that tightness with Jesus by the Spirit, no matter what comes our way? Well, it made me think about a day in the life of the Apostle Paul, where this has always been one of my really favorite stories. But in light of what Paul said, it made me really think about Paul living a day. So it's in Acts chapter 16, where Paul's in Philippi, and on the Sabbath, he goes down to the river for prayer. And when he gets there, right, he meets this woman, Lydia, and they lead her to Jesus and they go to her house. But in verse 16, it says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, and again, I'm wondering if on that day, you know, they walked out, let's see the good today, what the Lord's doing. They go down there for prayer, probably wondering, are we going to meet another lady or maybe a guy and we're going to lead them to Jesus? Because that's the big thing we're about is, Lord, we're looking for encounters to love people as we've been loved, because we've been loved. And one of the most important ways we can love somebody who doesn't know Jesus is to share Jesus with them, right? But it says, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Well, now they encounter a demonized lady who did fortune telling and guys made a lot of money off of her. It actually says her owners, right? Because she was a slave. And so, this is a horrible situation where they're using the fact that she's in bondage to a demon and using it for their own selfish gain. Well, anyway, as they're going along, she keeps yelling, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And it says, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, not to her, but to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. So I'm thinking, yeah, one day and we're going down to pray, right? And we're probably going to run into somebody and lead them to Christ. And instead, they keep running into this slave girl. And she keeps saying, actually, what seems to be a good thing. I'm not totally sure why Paul's annoyed. But the point is, is that he feels led to pray for the demon to get cast out. And it does. And you're thinking, wow, well, that's not what I thought was going to happen today. But cool. This gal gets free. Free from being demonized, right? <laughs> well, you know how the story goes. These guys get mad because now their way of making money just disappeared. And 
So they trump up charges. They are brought before the magistrates. In the end, it says they were stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, that's not the way you expected your day to go, right? And especially after doing a good thing. Lord, we went down to pray. Lord, we were looking for people to pray for and lead them to you. And we run into this demonized girl and wow, we see the demon cast out. And what's it do? It gets us severely flogged, beaten with rods, and now we're in prison, right? That's not exactly the expectation when you're doing stuff for Jesus. You know, you're kind of looking for the really fun story, and now it lands them in jail. And again, that's what I'm saying, right? How do we experience these things we weren't anticipating, especially when they're genuinely bad things, painful things, hurtful things, and not let them derail us, or that now Paul and Silas are in jail go, well, this certainly started out as a pretty good day, but life really stinks now. Well, instead, what we find out about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Seriously, folks, right? Is that somehow in the midst of probably excruciating pain, they're not focusing on their pain. They have got their eyes on Jesus, on the bigger picture, on God's glory. They are singing and praying, and the others are listening to them. I'm sure they realize they have a captive audience, right? Literally. That Paul's probably thinking, well, how do we use this for the glory of God? How do we use this to lead people to Jesus? Lord, I wonder if they even had moments ago, Lord, what is this revealing about stuff in me that needs to die, that I'm still thinking it's all about me, and it's all about my pleasure and my comfort. And, you know, Lord, thank you for reminding me that, no, this is a part of of walking things out with you. Well, you know the story, right? I think, for most of you that are listening, that there's this mighty earthquake, and the prison doors fling open, and everyone's chains are loose. And it says the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord, namely the gospel, to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. At that hour of the night. I mean, what is this, like one in the morning maybe? He takes them, washes their wounds, and then immediately he and all his household are baptized, it says. He brings them to his house and he sets a meal before them. And it says, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Well, talk about a crazy end of a day and a long day. I mean, this is, who knows? This is now is at two or three in the morning and they're getting some food, they're getting bandaged up and there's joy all over. I mean, there's probably so much joy and nobody's even paying attention to the time of night and what's happened. But you understand, again, Paul didn't move and nobody else moved because in Paul's mind, it's, Lord, what are you doing? What's the truth about what's going on right now? And probably in his heart, the Holy Spirit says, this isn't about you, Paul and Silas. This is about this jailer and his household. I know their hearts and it's about his freedom, not yours. Imagine that. It's about his freedom not yours. Well, the cool thing is, is that I can't imagine if 
later when Paul and Silas leave, if they're thinking about, thank you, Lord, that we left somebody behind to start a prison ministry. I can't imagine the jailer not talking to prisoners and go, let me tell you about what happened to me, about some prisoners who were in here, about a whole bunch of other prisoners who were touched. And even though your circumstances can't change, your heart, your life, your freedom from sin, death, and the devil can happen in your life. Who knows how evangelistic he became? Well, anyway, of course, the last thing is that then they realize that these guys are, are Roman citizens and what they did was wrong and that Paul makes them come and escort them out so that everybody sees that they had done nothing wrong. In fact, they had been wronged so that nothing happens to discredit them and discredit their message. Pretty amazing stuff, right? Well, I'm sure when they went out for prayer that morning, this was not the day they were expecting. And a day that really had some really high points and some very painful points. But it seems that throughout the whole day, Paul is looking for the good, looking for what God is doing and his purposes and doesn't seem to lose perspective on that. Well, I hope that helps you today to begin to think and wrestle with how do you see a day? How do you live the day? Is it based on your expectations, your plan, what you want to see done per se? Or is it, Lord, here's kind of where I think I'm going, but I want to do this with you. Because remember that Jesus said the Father is always working and that he too is working. The goal is for us to see what the Father's doing and join him in his work. We may go to work, but the goal is to join him in his work, to do what he is doing, to notice what he is doing, to participate with him. That's what it's really all about. Well, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today that are listening, that we would hear you say again, Beloved, I am working. I am working in you. I am working in you to will and to work the things that please me. I am working in the earth today. And I invite you to notice, to see what I am doing in your day today, accomplishing my purposes. And I will help you more and more die to yourself so that you will live for me. Notice what I'm doing so that as you saw in this story with Paul, I brought great joy to Paul and Silas to the household and I want to bring great joy to you. Father, we say thank you. We bless you. And I pray now that uh, you guys would have a great, great day. Well, I guess I'm not supposed to say that. Why am I? (laughs) I say I want to bless you and see the good today. Bye now.